Okay. So we finally got the testing all done after like five attempts and three mismatched recordings. I finally got this together. Hopefully it works. If you're listening to it, it works. Uh, so yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah, I guess we should start off with the main thing. Obviously the Mandalorian, that's what the main subject is going to be in this uh, first episode, but we can talk about whatever. But, um, you know, that's the big thing that's coming out right now. And I'm into Star Wars. So let's just get into it. Um, Man, I mean, a lot of people are saying that like this is the best episode, not not the the best episode, you know, of this season, because of course, we only have one. They're saying it's the best episode of the series. And I don't know if it's the best episode of the series. It, it definitely does have the best reveals. Um, and, you know, I, I really thought that when I saw the trailer, I thought, okay, you know, he, he's going to find the Mandalorians halfway through the season with baby Yoda, because in the trailer, he says, I have to locate Mandalorians and I, they're going to help me find baby Yoda's home planet. Uh, but it happened in the first episode. So uh, essentially, uh, Din, Jarin, and Baby Yoda go to this planet. I don't know what planet it was, but it was like some weird planet where like people fight each other for money. So he goes into this uh, uh, fighting pit where there's essentially uh, two uh, Gamorrean uh, warriors fighting each other. And the Gamorreans are aliens from Star Wars Return of the Jedi. And uh, it was really cool to see them, you know, just sort of go at each other with those axes. And uh, so he sits down at the pit and there's a Cyclops uh, alien at the fighting pit. And he tells Mando, you know, there's a Mandalorian on Tatooine. And Mando says, well, I've been to Tatooine a whole bunch of times and I've never seen a Mandalorian. So immediately I knew, okay, so he's going to go find Boba. Now here comes the fundamental problem is this information was leaked to us like months before this came out. Um, I knew uh, what was going to happen in this episode uh, because um, it was leaked that Timothy Oliphant was wearing Boba Fett's armor and he was not playing Boba Fett, but he was playing Cobb Vanth, who is the marshal who we meet in this episode who stole Boba Fett's armor. So, you know, as, like I said before, Mando goes to Tatooine, he finds this guy, and this guy has got Boba Fett's fucking armor. Um, but it's not Boba Fett, it's Timothy Oliphant. And I thought that was so cool, because this is something that's from the books, apparently. I, I never read this book, but apparently in Star Wars Aftermath, they actually talk about the Marshal, Cobb Vanth, and they do address how he... He bought um, uh, Boba Fett's armor off of these Jawas, which, you know, he did He did in the episode. Uh, the reason, you know, he bought the armor off the Jawas was because he needed something to help him protect his town because it was getting invaded by raiders and um, warriors immediately after the Death Star blew up, which I think is so brilliant because that reflects how... A power structure uh, would collapse in real life because, you know, the Empire it dies and it's blown up and there's disorder in the galaxy. So different factions are going to come in and say, hey, I want control of, 
of this part of the galaxy or, hey, I want control of this planet. Just how like, you know, in real life, if there's a war and, the, you know, we, we topple the government of a certain country, you know, different factions of that country are essentially fighting for power, which is kind of, you know, what we've seen um, uh, here in Star Wars. You know, as soon as the Death Star uh, blows up, uh, this village gets attacked by raiders, which is why Timothy Oliphant gets the armor. So we finally get to Tatooine and, you know, uh, the Mandalorian is comes in there and he's like, look, you're not a real Mandalorian and I'm going to take that armor off you, but I'm going to kill you, uh, you know, if, if you don't uh, give it to me willingly. Uh, so I'm wondering, and nobody has actually address this if mando knows who boba fett is because he seemed to recognize the armor but it didn't he didn't say whether or not he knew which mandalorian he it belonged to he knew it was mandalorian armor uh i'm gonna say no i don't think he knew who boba fett was because apparently boba fett isn't even a mandalorian um, but that was really cool. But ultimately, they don't fight because there's a crate dragon, which <laughs> is kind of like the worm from Dune. If you guys have ever seen that movie Dune from the 1980s, there's uh, a big sandworm on this planet uh, that is, is basically a giant worm the size of like a skyscraper that, you know, destroys and swallows, uh, you know, different towns and villages. And that's essentially what's happening with this crate dragon. There's a big dragon um you know it's native to tatooine and it's it's going in and around underground this town and it's literally just killing all the people it, it's eating them alive so <clears throat> they go to kill it but what's interesting about this episode is the people of the village go to kill it and timothy oliphant says look if you help me kill this dragon i'll give you the mandalorian armor because Mandalorians, um, or sorry, non-Mandalorians are not supposed to wear that armor. That's why Mando wanted Boba Fett's armor back, because it is a big dishonor to do that. So ultimately, I, they do go and try to kill the dragon, but the catch is, is they have to do it with Tusken Raiders. They have to actually work with the Tusken Raiders to defeat this big dragon. And I thought that was really cool, because like... Um, it showed that the Tusken Raiders can actually be reasoned with and talked to, um, which is what they do. They go down and talk to the Tusken Raiders because uh, Mando apparently can speak their language and they form like a peace treaty to essentially kill this dragon. So they go and they, they find the dragon and they, they lure it out um, uh, by putting a bantha in front of the cave, but it doesn't work because when the dragon comes out to eat the bantha, it actually eats the sand uh, Tuscan Raider instead of the bantha. So what they do is they lay charges underneath the ground and then they try to lure it out again by shooting arrows at it with catapults. And that doesn't even work. So finally Mando flies inside of the dragon. Once it comes out, he tasers it with, his gun and then he blows it up with uh the charges that they were going to use to blow it up by putting it inside of his body 
So Man- the Mandalorian flies inside of the dragon, puts a bomb in its stomach, flies out, and and essentially blows it up, which is kind of goofy, but it, it was still very cool. And then uh, Cobb Vamp says, hey, man, you know, here, uh, you've earned this. Uh, take uh, the armor. And he gives Boba Fett's armor to Mando. So Mando takes the armor and rides off into the sunset. But just before the episode ends, we see somebody watching uh, Mando ride away. And the camera turns around, and the person that is watching Mando ride away is, of course, Tamora Morrison, who is playing Boba Fett. So, yes, after 30 years, or actually, no, it's been more than 30 years. It's, it's more than 30 years. So after... Over three decades, we finally know that Boba Fett officially survived. I mean, he, he survived in the after books, the books that took place after, but those aren't canon anymore. So we now know that he officially survives. So, you know, what's going to happen with the second episode? It's coming out uh, you know, on Friday. Uh, I don't think we're going to see Boba in the second episode. I think Boba is probably going to show up uh then the third or fourth episode halfway through the season and then he's going to play a part towards the end um clearly he's going to want his armor back so the manda i don't know if the mandalorian is going to give him the armor willingly or if he's not because again we don't really know if boba fett is a real mandalorian so um that will be interesting um but the other thing i'm wondering is since Boba Fett was around, well, he was a little boy during the Clone Wars, and he is a clone. The only thing I'm wondering is, does he know about Baby Yoda? Because Baby Yoda might be a clone of Yoda. So maybe since Boba's a clone and he grew up on Kamino, which is the cloning planet in Star Wars, maybe he'll know something about Baby Yoda. I I think so. I I think that's where they're going, because... I don't know why else they would introduce this character um, if it didn't, you know, serve the plot in that way. They they wouldn't just go, oh, here's Boba Fett for no purpose. Like again, the the kind of main goal of the show right now is we got to find Baby Yoda's home planet and we got to find who he belongs to. So I would I'd probably give this episode like uh maybe a, a solid nine out of ten um there the, the only reason i wouldn't give it a 10 out of 10 is because there was an episode uh that came out last season where uh, the mandalorian and uh, cara dune who is played by gina carana uh, who's a ufc fighter i i believe so uh they they go to a village in season one and have to help the people defend the village which is kind of the same thing that happened in this episode but whatever it it was a cool episode um just from a visual standpoint seeing uh him and timothy oliphant use the jetpacks and shoot at the dragon it was just cool and yeah so i give it a nine out of ten um a little bit repetitive um but you know was a great way to start off the season. I, I don't think it was the 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 best episode. Um, the best episode to me is still <clears throat> the uh, season finale of the first season, which um, was uh, directed by Taika Waititi. Um, you know, and he's a, a genius. And I believe Taika Waititi is doing more Star Wars movies, uh, or 
if he's not making them, he's a part of them in some capacity. So that should be good. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, so I really loved this first episode of the Mandalorian. Um, I'm not really good with predictions. I don't know what's going to happen next. Um, so I guess I'll just move on. I was initially going to do a Halloween special and talk about, um, you know, some of the movies I like to watch during Halloween, but it's not Halloween anymore. And it's not going to be Halloween by the time anybody's listening to this. Um, so, I mean, I could go over some of the things that I, I, I do like to watch, uh, typically around Halloween or that I did and ah, fuck it. I guess I'll do it. It's, it's, it's November now, but it, it doesn't matter. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Friday the 13th, that's, that's a go-to horror movie for Halloween. Um, I didn't watch it on Halloween night, but I watched it, um, a couple weeks, uh, going up to, uh, Halloween night. Now, there is something about the Friday the 13th franchise that not a lot of people know about. So, and I'll try and explain it the best I can. So, essentially, there is a new Friday the 13th movie that is a reboot of the original. Kind of a reboot of the first two into one movie, but I'll explain. So, in 2009, they released this Friday the 13th reboot about you know, Jason killing people. And the plot of that, that, that reboot was, you know, when Jason was a little boy, he witnessed his mother killed because his mother went nuts when she thought he was dead and killed a bunch of counselors because Jason was at Camp Crystal Lake. And of course he drowned because the counselors were too busy having sex instead of watching poor little Jason. Uh, now in the movie, uh, the reboot that is you see in the beginning you see jason watch his mother die and then the rest of the movie is about jason killing people but that's not really how it was in the original <coughs> see actually in the first uh friday the 13th movie uh it's his mom uh that that flashback in the original of the mother killing the counselors was an entire movie. So the first Friday the 13th movie was about uh, Jason's mother killing counselors. And then she is obviously then killed in self-defense. Um, but um, that was one movie. And then in Friday the 13th part two, uh, Jason then comes in and is a serial killer. So because Jason, th there's so many Friday the 13th movies. There's like 10, there's over 10. Um, if you count Freddy versus Jason and Jason X and Jason is the main character in every single one, except the first one. So people say they genuinely, or they generally think that that is what the first one is about, but it's not. Um, and, um, I just thought that was really cool. And I, you know, I watched the first one and, and when I found out it was about, Jason's mother, uh, you know, that, that, that kind of added a different spin on things. They even make a joke about it in Scream. I was watching Scream with my sister, the first Scream movie. Uh, the serial killer uh, calls a, 
uh, one of his victims, and he actually quizzes her on this. And he says, you know, who was the killer in the first Friday the 13th? And she says it was Jason. And he's like, no, you got it wrong. It was Jason's uh, mother. And I was like, hey, that's a good piece of trivia. Another piece of movie trivia, I was digging around. And this is even more confusing, if you can believe this. Um, I think I think most people know about this, but not a ton of people know about this. Um, the Silence of the Lambs uh, franchise is really confusing when you actually dig into it and 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 uh, find um, um, like how much of it there is. Of course, there's the Hannibal TV show, there's the sequels, there's the prequel of him when he's the kid. But I mean, it it had this whole sordid like weird history. Like the way they adapted the movies of the Silence of the Lambs book series was almost how they adapted uh, the Lord of the Rings in the sense that the Hobbit was written first and then the Lord of the Rings came, uh, came out after, but then they made the Lord of the Rings first <clears throat> and then the Hobbit the second. And that's kind of what they did with these movies. Well, not really, but okay, I'll explain. So back in I think it was the 70s or the 80s or the 60s. There was a, a movie called Manhunter. And Manhunter was based off of the first book in the Hannibal Lecter Silence of the Lambs series. And it was called Red Dragon. But Hannibal Lecter wasn't in it a lot. Uh, he was in a couple scenes, um, uh, but he just wasn't in it ultimately. Um, so th there was Manhunter, which was based off the book Red Dragon. <clears throat> then there, then they made Silence of the Lambs, which is based off of the second book in the series, which takes place after Red Dragon. So Anthony Hopkins was not the first man to portray Hannibal Lecter. It was the, the guy in Manhunter, who, again, didn't have many seeds. Then they did Hannibal, which was uh, a sequel to Silence of the Lambs, uh, which most people did not like. Uh, they didn't like the book or the... Um, movie in general um because the ending was um very crazy and controversial um but uh, i digress and, and then after that they made hannibal rising and then they rebooted manhunter with anthony hopkins and called it red dragon like the actual book put hannibal in it a little more and added um Edward Norton as the other lead. So I, I watched a bit of Red Dragon. It was okay. Um, so yeah, when, like when Silence of the Lambs came out, it was technically a sequel to Manhunter, but not really. And I don't know why they called it Manhunter. I mean, Red Dragon sounds much cooler. But they basically made these movies out of order, which is kind of what they did with Star Wars <laughs> to a certain extent. But... Um, yeah, so Silence of the Lambs is a good one to watch during Halloween. But I mean, that it, it, that wasn't really even a horror movie. That's kind of a, a, I mean, it is, but more of a psychological horror movie, more of a thriller mystery. Um, speaking of thriller mysteries, we'll talk about Batman in a bit. Um, we'll get to that soon. But yeah, that's generally another uh, one I like to watch. Another Halloween movie is Halloween, the movie, Halloween. Of course, a classic, you know, Michael Myers uh, is a serial killer. 
uh, loves to chop up teenagers. A wonderful time. Wonderful. Just beautiful. Uh, lovely time with Michael Myers. Um, yeah. You can follow him on Craigslist. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but um, the that also has a weird history in it where they made Halloween and then they made a bunch of sequels and a reboot. And then they made another sequel to the original that ignored all of the other sequels. So they made the first movie and then the original sequel. And then there's the original movies after that. And then there's the first movie and then there's the reboot sequel. And the reboot sequel is just called Halloween. But I actually really liked the, the newest Halloween movie. A lot of people didn't like it. Um, because I don't know, because it was, I mean, I don't know why people didn't like it. Um, there was a couple lines in there that were cheesy, like when Jamie when Jamie Lee Curtis tries to stab um, uh, Michael Myers, she's like, "Happy Halloween, Michael." I'm like, "Okay, that's just no. You wouldn't say that if you're trying to kill a serial killer in real life." Um, but I, I think the the newest Halloween movie was pretty good because it it did feel like they took the original and they just made a modern day version of it because like a lot of the shots and the, the music was just the same, but it was just in, in modern day instead of 20, instead of the seventies. So I, I, I appreciated that as a, as a Halloween movie. So that was always a go-to for me as a kid. And it's fucking scary, man. I mean, Jesus Christ, the fucking William Shatner mask is, is horrifying. I mean, terrifying. Like, if I woke up in the middle of the night and I saw that dude walking around my house, I would wet my pants. It would not be fun. And then um, uh, Texas Chainsaw. Texas Chainsaw is a good horror movie because it feels like something that could really happen and to an extent did really happen um, because Texas Chainsaw is about a, a basically a... a, a an, an inbred <clears throat> family of cannibals that live on the side of the road that kill and murder people and eat them uh, when their cars crap out near the gas station. Um, and, and that's a, and that's why it's so scary is because you watch it and you're like, Oh, like you could imagine this really happening because like people getting stranded on the side of the road and, and murdered. I mean, th that happens all the time. I mean, that happens in real life. Hell, it happens in the town that I live in, so it's 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 not really a stretch, and, and, and cannibalism is is very real, so it's not a stretch either. So, if if you want to make a horror movie and it's it's close to real life, that's a good one. Um, then, of course, the last horror movie I'm going to talk about today, and then we're going to talk about Batman, <coughs> is uh, uh, the thing, uh, not the new one, uh, which was a, a prequel to the original. I fucking hated that movie. Um, it, 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 it wasn't scary at all. It was just like, look at our CGI monster that shapeshifts into different people. Um, the original um, movie, The Things, but the scientists living up in, uh, it's, I, I don't know if it's uh, Antarctica or the North Pole. One, one of the, it's either the North Pole or the South Pole. I have no fucking idea. Um, but it, it's one of the poles and... Um, uh, they uh, find a dog that's running away from a helicopter. The helicopter is shooting at the dog, so they kill the guy in the helicopter. 
And then they find out that the dog is actually a shape-shifting alien from another planet that crash uh, landed uh, in uh, the ice. Um, and yeah, so the, the, it's it's a basically a who or who's the killer uh, or anyone could be the thing, you know, situation like who done it because there's all these guys in this laboratory up north and they're all boxed in there and they can't go anywhere. And one of them is being well i don't think the alien uh turns i think the alien like infects their body and goes inside of them and then like becomes them and, and yeah and then once it's it's gotten into you it's like game over and then it's but it's it, it's really creepy because like you, you see that there's this one scene where where a guy turns into an alien and and he's like halfway through mutating and they just light him on fire and uh it, it is really creepy because you see him like turn around and his arm is just morphed into a, a creepy claw and that the other scientists have to light him on fire just to kill the thing but it keeps coming back um so yeah that was a th those are all good movies so again just to recap great halloween movies to watch on halloween halloween itself friday the 13th the thing texas chainsaw those are all my go-to ones. Um, honorable mentions, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula, the original Dracula, and uh, uh, maybe the original Frankenstein. That one is good, too. I like, I like black and white movies. <clears throat> Whew. I mean, that takes the winds out of you talking. I, I don't talk... I talk a fair amount for my job because I have to sell things. I can't, I'm not going to say what my job is, but it, it involves me uh, selling stuff. Um, it's always funny when you get a customer uh, that comes in and it's like, okay, I'm looking for a product. Um, I, I don't know what it, it looks like. Um, I don't know what the, the SKU number is. I don't really know what, uh, I, I just know it's a shoe, but do you have it? It's like, well, you know, let me use my clairvoyant powers to see if I if I do have it. You've given me no details, so I assume I could find it. You know, it's it's just it, it's ridiculous. Um, you know, some people come in with you know barely any infor information at all. Um, you know, there's uh, like eighty plus year old woman walked in today, and she's macraming, and she was like, "Oh, if I if I put these like earmuffs on." Um, you know, like, will my son be able to wear his ear, earbuds underneath? I tell her, well, yeah, I mean, like, why wouldn't he? Like, I, I'm not quite sure what the question was. I mean, was she, was she wondering, like, would they fit underneath the earmuffs? Cause yeah, like any earbud would fit under earmuffs, but it, it I don't know. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it is, it is what it is. Um, but you know, um. I think that, um, you know, that's just part of dealing with people. Life, you know, uh, you, you can't expect everyone to just be 100% coherent all the time, much like this podcast. It was just been me kind of scatterbrained all over the fucking place. I have like one page of notes right beside me. There's like one, two, three, four, five, six words maybe written on it. 
Um, I was gonna talk of do a prediction for the Mandalorian, but I just scrapped the whole thing because again, I already saw it. So at this point, I can just do a review, which of course I did. Um, I've talked about Batman at nauseum um, into different recordings, but they just kept failing. So let's hope this one works. Um, if my internet doesn't crap out, but um, yeah, I'll talk about the new Batman movie. Uh, yeah, so what do I think um, about the new Batman movie that's oh, that's going to be coming out? Um, we can get into that. So, yeah, I mean, I've seen the trailer. I think everyone has by now. It, it has millions of views. Uh, they're still shooting the film in Liverpool. Um, and uh, they were 25% done. Uh, when they uh, showed off the trailer, which they premiered at DC Fandom. Uh, I watched it live and it was fantastic. Um, you know, uh, every, you know, all the stars came online. Uh, fans were able to watch it, you know, not in person. And there was millions of people viewing it. And even though you couldn't see anybody there with you, just knowing that they were there with you kind of, made it feel nice. And then, you know, of course the Batman panel came on and they talked about it um, with the director, Matt Reeves and Matt Reeves, of course, uh, directed the uh, new planet of the apes movies. Um, I believe he did Dawn of the planet of the apes and rise of the planet of the apes. And uh, yeah, maybe he did the third one or not. Um, but um, he is now doing the Batman. And um, so we've got Robert Pattinson cast as Bruce Wayne, Batman. Uh, Zoe Kravitz as Catwoman, Selena Kyle. But I, I don't think she's Catwoman yet from what they've told us. Uh, she's just a cat burglar, but she hasn't become Catwoman yet because this is still early on in the beginning, I guess. And then we have Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Um, again, he's not the penguin yet because it's it's very early on in Batman's career. That's why they got uh, a younger guy. That's why they got Pattinson, who was uh, in his early 30s, because they wanted to have a, a Batman who was uh, late 20s, early 30s. And uh, Colin Farrell is wearing so much makeup that you cannot recognize him. Like, like, like you you just you you can't. Um, he uh, has a like a fat suit on to make him look more fat, and he has makeup on his face to make him look balding and older and all cut up and scarred. And um, this it kind of reminds me of the movie The Darkest Hour, with um, uh, which was about Winston Churchill. And in that one, you had Gary Oldman playing Winston Churchill, and obviously Gary, Gary Oldman is in very good shape. He's not overweight. Uh, but, uh, you know, Winston Churchill was you know, fat and overweight and had was balding. So they used a lot of prosthetics on Gary Oldman to make him look like Winston Churchill. And it was amazing. And he looked exactly like him. And that's what they're doing with the Penguin. Um, and then, of course, you've got Andy Serkis, who plays uh, Alfred. And I think that's an excellent choice as Alfred, a sophisticated British man, Um uh, of course, you know, he couldn't do better than Andy Serkis. Obviously, he played Gollum in Lord of the Rings and uh, Caesar in Planet of the Apes, so he has experience. Then we have Paul Dano as the Riddler, who that is perfect casting. I mean, 
you don't even have to say Paul Dano is cast as the Riddler. You just say Paul Dano is the Riddler. I mean, that guy is a slippery, weaselly, conspirating, conspiracy uh, planning little shit. <laughs> uh, no, I, I love you, Paul Dano. But um, he, he's very good at playing villains, and, and he's very good at, at scheming villains who are, are very intellectual. So he's going to be great as, as the Riddler. Um, and um yeah so those are our, our cast of characters and um it's um it's almost like they took the 1960s batman series and just made a more fucked up um gothic emo version of it uh which i love um you know and 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 let's move on to the the main uh thing that that everyone is going to the the movie hinges on this is 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 robert going to be good as Batman. And I think he is, um, you know, had this have been an, you know, just a regular Batman. I don't know if this would work because again, he's pretty young. Well, not he's middle-aged. He's in his early thirties, but th they're trying to go for a Batman who's at the beginning of his career. It's year two. So it would make sense that he would be a little younger. And um, yeah, I just think, you know, the look of the suit, um, the way he fights, his voice um, is perfect. You know, he's not talking like this. He just kind of talks in his regular voices. Well, not his regular voice because he's British, but he he does his American voice and he he drops it a couple octaves. It, it actually sounds uh, very similar to um, Michael Keaton, where Michael Keaton was kind of just like, I'm Batman like that. That's kind of what he's doing. Not but better than, you know, um, how I can do it. Um, but yeah, I, th I think he's going to be great. I mean, he, he looks like Batman. He, he can talk like Batman. The suit looks great. Um, you know, I loved Affleck. I think Affleck was great as the comic book Batman, but if we're going to do like real life grounded, uh, Batman, then I think Robert is the best option. And um, um, this is going to be a murder mystery movie. So I, essentially the plot is that the Riddler is killing people and live, uh, leaving behind uh, riddles. And uh, Batman has to solve the riddles uh, in order to um, uh, try and figure out how who the Riddler is, I guess, going to kill next or what he's going to do next or what his plans are. So that that should be a very interesting. I mean, like uh, we've never seen Batman, uh, at least in live action, in a full-on detective mode throughout most of the movie, and that's what it's going to be like. Th there'll be some action scenes, you know. We've seen, you know, him filming on his motorcycle and him filming uh, some scenes where he's gliding around the city on his cape. Um, but you know, I think ultimately, you know, they're going to balance the action out with a lot of good story, and I think that's what we need. So. You know, everything looks cool. It looks sophisticated. We got a good director. It's very real. It's very dark. It's very gothic. It's very emo. Um, and I think this is the right um, route they're taking for Batman. So I'm not worried at all. I think the movie is going to be great. Uh, the only concern I have for it is the you-know-what virus. I don't know if I can actually say that word because then this could be demonetized and then I could have no chance of making money. Um, but that did uh, push the production back quite a bit. And obviously then Robert had the illness and had to go into quarantine, but he's um, back uh, on the set. 
Um, the one other rumor I've had, and I hope it's not true, uh, is that he uh, was having some disagreements with uh, Matt Reeves, the director, and was sent home because he didn't want to work out it enough. Now, he's he, he still looks uh, like a lankier guy, but he, he doesn't look like skinny, like he's, he's still muscular. He's not a thick looking guy, but he's still muscular. So I don't know if this is true or not. It could be a rumor. It could be hell. I mean, he, Robert Pattinson said, I, I don't want to work out because that, um, like he said, it, it sets a weird standard. Um, maybe because he's already kind of shredded. Um, so I kind of get that, like he was already in good shape beforehand, but I mean, that then after they said that they're like, well, now he is exercising, like he is working out. So I, I don't know if he, he was doing that to, to mislead people or troll people. I think he's trying to troll people. I, I, I've heard that he's had a history of trolling people, um, for movies. Like he'll say something like, oh, I did this, this crazy thing. And that's not you know true but man, i don't know he he's an actor he's weird so i mean really anything could happen but i'm looking forward to it um if if the production was affected then that just means we have to wait a little longer i don't i don't think it's going to affect the quality of the movie um you know they they can still do this it just yeah it's it's going to take longer but you know i i i think it's going to be a good movie cuz matt matt reeves is just a fantastic director and and you know as a fan of batman i'm i'm, I'm glad to see something different and ultimately if you were a fan of ben affleck's version which i was um we still have him i think to a certain extent he is scheduled to appear at, at, at least partly in the new flash movie now i don't know if he's going to be in a lot more after that, I'm assuming so because it like, why would they have him in one movie if they weren't going to bring him back? So I technically have two Batman, right? Two, two Batmans right now. We got Ben Affleck in the DC universe. And then we got um, Robert Pattinson's uh, independent Batman film, which has no place in the DC universe and is just its own original story. And I think it's okay. I think that it's okay that DC is saying, hey, look, we have the DC universe over here, but we can do the multiverse thing where we just say, hey, this is this is an independent film. It doesn't take place in the same universe as these. It's not the same characters. It's its own story. I mean, they did it with the Joker, and now they're doing it with Batman. I think it's going to work. I think it can work. You know, uh, you know Ben Affleck can continue to be you know if if the new cut of justice league uh which is a whole nother topic i will be getting into is as good as they say then you know uh we're in for a treat and they could do sequels and if that's the case then i say you know let ben appear in uh, the justice league movies and then robert can continue to to um the batman and i really hope they they franchise robert out and I really hope they pull him along for as long as they can do this and really make this into a legacy uh, type thing. Because you had like I, I want what they did with Robert Downey Jr. to be what they do with Robert Pattinson to Batman. Like I want 
Robert Pattinson to play Batman for like 10 years and make a whole bunch of movies because that way he will age as the character ages through the comic book. So as you know, Batman gets into his thirties, you'll see Robert Pattinson get into his thirties as the movie goes along, like later into his thirties and then he'll go into his forties. And then as he gets older, we can begin adding Robins because he's it's, it's the second year in his career. So I don't think, they're going to add Robin in this movie. And if, if they're, if they do, I think it's, he's just going to come in at the very end and then he's going to be in the sequel. I think that's a possibility, but um, yeah. Now the thing is this universe is so dark. A lot of people think that Robin doesn't work in, in a dark context. And I'm as a fan, I'm telling you he can, but it, it, it depends on how you write him and which Robin you use. So if you look at a story like Batman Under the Red Hood, um, you know, that involves Robin. It, it, Robin is a main or one of the the second Robin, Jason Todd, is the main uh, plot point that surrounds that um, book. And that was very good. And it was very dark and it was not. Uh, you know, in any way light. Like, you know, I think people think that, you know, Robin is still the way he was portrayed in the 40s and 60s uh, and the 50s with the, with the you know, the underwear, like the where he literally wasn't wearing pants for some reason, which is really weird. That was always weird to me. His, his costume just looked awful. Like the original Robin costume just looked so terrible. I always hated it. I never thought that the original Robin looked uh, looked cool. But if you look at the, the 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 more modern versions of the Robin suits, like Tim Drake's suit, and you know they they retconned they actually retconned uh, the way Robin's suit looks, and and they made it look more modern. It does look better. So I think if they add Robin to the new Batman movie, uh, and they they make it dark and in a mature way, I, I think it will work. And, um, yeah, that's about it. I'm spent. So, yeah, I, I mean, predictions for The Mandalorian, all the movies we watched, and, you know, uh, what I think is going to happen to Batman. And um, that's about it. Um, you know, I'm going to try and get into some real-world topics uh, next time. But um, right now, all that was on my mind was movies and, you know, what's been going on in that uh, uh, avenue and TV. So uh, that's good. Um, I did work on a music video uh, as a cameraman with a couple of uh, friends of mine. So um, I'm going to try and uh, see if they want to get on the show. Um, maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But I will definitely talk about that a little more next time. So, yeah, hopefully this works out. And, uh, yeah, I know it wasn't a great first episode. This is my first time. But, yeah, fuck it, whatever. Thanks for listening.